All right, welcome to the third um, episode of In the Weeds. My name is uh, Jake Phelps, and I am joined by Anna Craycraft, uh, David Paff, and Elena Hughes. Wow, I'm so sorry. I kind of just like forgot your last name. So um, before we get going, um, um, Anna and David are going to kind of introduce themselves, kind of like what they do and the type of therapy um, that they do. So, yeah. I'm Anna Craycraft. I am one of the owners and founders here at Woven Integrated Health. I do primarily long-term psychodynamically focused therapy. Uh, I was trained in working with survivors of particularly developmental trauma, childhood trauma, things like that. Um, I also work part-time at the Oklahoma City VA Healthcare Service, uh, working with veterans who identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community. And I'm Dr. David Paff. I'm a licensed counselor here in Oklahoma, member of the, the Woven team. I do a lot of attachment work, emotion-focused therapy work, acceptance and commitment therapy. And on top of that, I'm also an adjunct professor at uh, Oklahoma City University and Seton Hall University. Go Stars. There you go. Is it my turn? Elena, your turn. Um, I'm Elena Hughes or Elena Farrar, depending on how you know me. That's probably why you couldn't pick uh, one. Yeah, because I was thinking it was Farrar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm lazy and never got my name changed. Hey, so hey. now I have two last names. Yeah, that's kind of awesome. I like it. <laughs> I'm one of, I'm the GM uh, and partner of Elemental Coffee and long-term residents of Oklahoma City. Love Ooh. it. Love it. So cool. So um, how long have you been at Elemental? I think seven and a half, maybe eight years. That's crazy. I lost count. That's wild. It is crazy. Whoa. I have like vague, I mean, because when we first met, you were at the Wedge. Mm-hmm. And so how, how long were you at that? How long were you in that with uh, that restaurant group? Um, the restaurant group, Deep Fork, I was with for 10-ish years, but okay. Wedge seven. Okay, cool. So, so you have a like over 20 year span of experience just within service industry. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Over is, yeah, exactly. Emphasis right on the over. over. <laughs> Heavy over, right? Heavy. So, cool. <clears throat> Annie, you want to kick us off with some questions? Yes. So, Elena and I have been good friends for, I'd say, a year and a half, a couple years at this point. Um, and part of what drew me to her uh, was just the way that she interacts and inspires uh, her employees at Elemental. She is, I think, one of the best managers of people that I've ever seen. And I think that that is rare in the service industry. And what I imagine, although I don't think we've ever actually had this conversation directly, but what I imagine is that that knowledge and ability to relate so well to your coworkers has been hard won, that you didn't start out, you know, as a teenager, early 20s, being amazing at, you know, making friends and managing folks and knowing the ins and outs of how to treat your coworkers and customers, you know, as part of the service industry. So I guess my question is, just to start out, maybe what got you into the service industry? Why did you choose that field? Um, dang. Well, I got into it Scoot, just like a little oh, sorry. Yeah, there you go. Perfect, perfect. Um, well, I started at the good old Mazio's Pizza in Mustang, Oklahoma when I was 16. Hey, I'm a Mazio's <laughs> alum myself. So there you what? Go. Yep, North May. And I hated it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely hated I it. Yes. Um, 
But then I joined um, another restaurant group. It was uh, um, the Pearls group. They had a deli on South Meridian. And I just kind of like fell in love with the quick service part of it and like the rush rush. And uh, I'm, I, I've never been able to sit still as a child. I got in a lot of trouble for that. And so that pace I just fell in love with. And I loved interacting with people and meeting new people. And, and then, you know, go down a few more years and... I just started waiting tables and really liked the interactions I had with people and like how quickly you make friends. And, um, and then I got into the managing part of it and, mm-hmm. uh, that's been, I think I've been in the management role for about 17 years. Whoa. Yeah. 17 years. I think so. Huh. That's amazing. Yeah. But unsurprising so, watching you I do really it. Answered your question, but no, that does. Yeah, <laughs> I think of you as like a classic extrovert. You know, someone who just gets energy from interacting with people. Yeah. At least that's what I see when I'm in your shop. You know, mm-hmm. that you're just you. You come alive with good customers, good coworkers, things like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and it does seem you're able to create like a like yeah like a healthy space. You know, especially for young people. Because like like just being in service industry naturally like we do it does draw these like younger um, people who are just figuring themselves out right you know what I mean and like they don't oftentimes have a lot of tools mm-hmm. you know um, to just to like deal with the realities of you know what I mean uh, life and, yeah. and and so like it's amazing that you've been able to like kind of mentor and and it probably doesn't feel like that you know what I mean like yeah. like, like helping people out in that way you know but it, it it's like. Just, just from what I've seen and experiencing you just through kind of elemental and the wedge and things like that around, around the metro, like it is like a, like you are like a gym. You, like you, you, you feel like an institution within the Oklahoma City just service industry, you know, so. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of understand now the impact I'm starting to have or that I've had on the past. I've actually had past employees who have like, I've ran across um, and they were kind of shocked that I was happy to see them. Because they thought I didn't like them and I was so intimidating. But the one thing they said was, you really taught me a lot. I've taken a lot away a lot from you uh, and it's helped me grow and like helped me like feel stronger. And I, that to me was like, what? I am not really? surprised by that. Uh, I'm no, not I, surprised. I, yeah. I came from a world where restaurant leaders were mean mm. and like, Mm-hmm. You never heard if you were doing something good. You only heard if you were doing something bad. Right. And I got sick of that. And right. I decided when I opened the wedge that, I mean, it took me some time. And mm-hmm. it's still I'm still learning to, like, mm-hmm. tell people they're doing a good job. That's hard for me just because no one ever did that for me. Um, but I didn't want a toxic atmosphere. Right. I wanted a fun place to work. Yes. I mean, pizza was supposed to be fun. Right. You know, coffee is supposed to be fun. Right. It's all supposed to be fun. And I think the I from what I see, I think the restaurant scene is changing into more of that versus people just being aggressive and you know micromanaging and yes, I definitely down. definitely get that vibe from like local spaces. I don't know that I get that as much yet from the chain big corporation, particularly restaurants or coffee. Right, it seems like they still have some sort of like mandate or kind of hire person that they answer to that keeps kind of their thumb on them. Yeah. 
Um, that's the sense I get. But yeah, definitely here in the in the metro, some of those local spaces seem to be a lot more relaxed. Yeah. Than I remember growing up. Well, you're not you're not going to get a positive outcome from your employees if you can't take a step back and like remember what it was like when you were in their position and mm-hmm. when you were having a bad day or you felt sick and you really did not want to be at work. Um, so I, I mean, I, I, I see that and, and I want them to understand that I get that. And I mean, if an employee's like, Hey, I'm having a bad day or I'm, you know, I don't feel like I can come in or this is happening. Like, I'm always like, cool, I'll cover you. Like, because I know that I'm going to need them to cover me one day too. You right. know, it's like a whole scratch your back. You scratch my back. I scratch your back. That's kind of how I, how I live. Well, and it really say I, I don't know you and it's a pleasure to meet you by the way. Thanks. Um, <laughs> But it sounds like you really value, well, the relationship piece of it. Because it's almost cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. They say that people leave, and research shows that people leave their jobs because of their bosses. <laughs> it's, it's not so much, people will put up with, and I have put up with some pretty rough jobs, but I, I just, I like the people I work with. And, and I had good relationships there. So, and it sounds like you really value that relationship piece and really see the importance of it. Yeah. It also, like longevity of a staff member, if it, it like the customer sees that and they and they feel comfortable because they now know this person because they they see them all the time and also training is a bitch. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Nobody oh, yeah. wants to sit there sure. and train people like new people oh, yeah. all the time. Right. It costs a lot of money. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. Right. It's a so grind. yeah. So I think longevity is like super important. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I've made. For me, I have made all of my friends that I have now through my job. Mm-hmm. And yeah. mainly they're customers of mine. I mean, I have a fake uncle now. I have a fake brother. Love it. Uh, Love it. Yeah. I have great friends. Like, I, I met my partner. That's right. So. Well, I'm, I'm just guessing, too, just for your mental health, to go into a place where you actually like the people you work with. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure that's really helpful just to have that 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 support because even on a shitty day like at least you like the people you work with and you got that support right exactly mm-hmm. you walk in and everybody's positive and mm-hmm. uh i'm just it's fun like right like again it should be fun and that's what i want i'm a anna knows i like to have a little bit too much fun sometimes i'm a, just a <laughs> i just am a fun kind of girl yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um i you know i had a not the greatest upbringing as far as positivity goes and i've mm-hmm. worked with some people that have really beat me down and i'm just not i'm just not letting that happen mm-hmm. i'm not going to be responsible for that mm-hmm. and i'm not going to let it happen like it's just right mm-mm. you mentioned a little bit earlier that you work really hard not to allow things to become toxic now i don't want you to throw any buddy or any restaurant group under the bus but at different points in your life, were you in situations, you know, post Mazios <laughs> uh, that were pretty toxic? Yes. Yeah. Very toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Several different places, very toxic. Right. And it's almost like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I think that's what made, unfortunately for me, that's what made me stronger because I just couldn't let those people get to me or win. Mm. And some of them did. Oh, yeah. Um, But I look back and it's like, sucks for them because really in the long run they must have been really unhappy right that's that's kind of how i have to how i have to look at it now right so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean no i very toxic Mm -hmm. 
And and that's what you kind of think is at the base of it, because that's something I've been wrestling with as, as we've kind of gone through this podcast is what is it that can make a job in the service industry so dark? And I think you're right. I think what you're saying is accurate, that it's the unhappiness that people bring in with them mm-hmm. that has nothing to do. I mean, it's certainly accelerated or compounded by, you know, shitty customers or what have you. But when you when you start from this foundation of I am unhappy in my life and I'm bringing trauma, I'm bringing crap from my background into this job, it just spreads. It spreads like wildfire. It is right. what we call it cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like get the yeah. cancer out. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's it's got me wondering just just to hear. And I don't know if y'all were going this direction, but boundaries. I'm, I'm, uh, the, the, maintaining those boundaries because boundaries are about us. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we think. There's that rumor that it's like, well, I'm going to set boundaries to, to make that person act a certain way or treat me a certain way, but it's really about insulating us. And so it sounds like you've really gotten good with boundaries with yourself. And I think you mentioned working with, with younger uh, folks too. So I'm guessing boundaries has, has had to have been something that you probably have gotten really good with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. You have to recognize and learn what those are and then mm-hmm. own it and be – Mm-hmm. you know respectful of yourself too like i'm not going to be pushed to this and i'm not going to push someone to that what 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 are some of the more i'm i'm curious what are some of the more like important bound would you recommend folks in the service industry in a leadership position some of the more important boundaries to set um you need to always be open and available to your staff and they need to know that and they need to know that the boundary you're going to set with them is they need to they need to like feel comfortable to come to you and mm-hmm. talk to you about anything mm-hmm. instead of going to their you know coworkers and bitching and complaining about it right that's not going to get anywhere right it's not going to get anything fixed right um i don't really know if that's me that that falls in line of boundaries but i think so yeah yeah because <laughs> okay. yeah I, I think so i think it takes boundaries yeah. to get there because it sounds like you're talking about like trust yeah also, trust is another, huge yeah i'd love and to know more you know and a lot of people come into the restaurant business if they have experience and they think that they should just automatically be respected because because they've been in it right but you don't you can never think that someone should disrespect you you have to earn that respect right mm-hmm. and i think it's a sense of like um uh oh my gosh i just lost the word when you just feel like entitlement, entitlement. Maybe. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is the word? It's right there. Um, mm-hmm. You can't have a sense of entitlement. Mm-mm. You just can't. Mm-mm. Like, I don't know. I don't have any boundaries that I won't. I mean, I hold myself to no boundaries when it comes to doing anything I expect my employees to do. Right. I'll clean the toilet. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll mop mm-hmm. the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't. I am not above them at all. Talking yeah. about some good old fashioned modeling. Gotta right. Love it. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Someone once told me early in my career, if you want to own the building, you have to sweep the floor. Yeah. Nice. And it's like, like that has like, that was like my trajectory. Yeah. You know, because it always felt like, man, like, and, 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 and I totally agree. When you model that, it changes culture. It does. I, 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 with, and it creates, it really took like a healthy environment. Like when they see you scrubbing the toilet or like emptying some nasty trash, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, okay. Like, and it, it really does just like melt away all the ego. Yeah. Although it's almost like the humility of it is this like piercing thing that people that they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. It's, you yeah, know? it's so not. It's, it's like what that what was that Sesame Street 
store owner, Mr. Hooper. Yeah, he was always right. out front sweeping the floor or <laughs> yeah. sweeping the you know the sidewalk and saying hi to everybody. And it yep. is. I mean, that's like what I feel like. That's what Elemental is for mm-hmm. me. Like it's like a people have referred to it as like the the town hall of Oklahoma City. Oh wow, um, yeah. And I do. I feel like everybody that walks in the door, I know almost. Yes. Or I recognize and. And it's just like a, it's just like, almost like the Truman Show, right? Like it's like every day you see the same people and yeah, just, just just no cameras, right? People right? are like recording each other, the same drink, with the same <laughs> yeah. burrito. But I love same, it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I love that I get to see all. I, I see all my friends every morning almost. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Yeah. That is so. It's it's almost like what we all wished high school could have been. Right. <laughs> well, and Jake, you nailed it, man. You said culture, and it sounds like the culture that you've really gotten there is you know trust and and you know boundaries and it it, it just sounds like you know healthy dependable even too so well and i think i mean even to go deeper into the trust thing i think the silver lining of covid was that my staff saw that i put them first right at least i hope they did i feel like they did um Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't put up with bullshit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If someone came in and wanted to disrespect us with the mask i'd tell them to leave mm-hmm. right and if they said you don't want my money no i don't <laughs> not, not today yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and if some and we've had a couple of of men that have come in and said some inappropriate things to staff and i've told the staff listen i'll tell this person to leave but you also have that power you right. guys have the power to tell to turn people away right this isn't the 90s where we're going to take everybody's money and just suck it up Right. Take a slap mm-hmm. on the ass. No. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You, 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 we were talking about boundaries, too. Mm-hmm. And boundaries is about responsibility. And, you know, I tell people one of the hardest things to do is, and one, one of the most caring things to do is to hold someone accountable mm-hmm. and hold someone responsible. Because it's hard. It's uncomfortable it as hell. There's confrontation involved sometimes, and that's nobody likes that. No, and we're mm-hmm. in this passive culture, and people don't want to confront. And I'll never forget, I had a student tell me, he's like, well, I guess you don't care. I'm like, where do we get in this culture where it's like, well, what, because I'm holding you accountable means I don't care, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, holding people responsible, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We sound like a bunch of old people talking about responsibility. Back in the day. And, I know. <laughs> when are we going to get started on millennials and Generation Z? No, I'm, ki- I'm <laughs> kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, coming. I'm kidding. <laughs> Much love. I'm just kidding. <sighs> so, I, I'm actually a millennial. So Same. My, I'm on the cuff. Are you? Are you? Yeah, I'm yeah, on the yeah. cuff. My wife's a millennial, so okay. uh, she's okay. going to listen to this. Okay. Would a millennial start at 80? Or was it 82? Yeah, I think it was 82. 80. Okay. I'm 86. I'm okay. 78. 78. Hey, 78. 83. 83. Ooh, Exennial. Right Love it. Part of the generation where I remember still sending mail, like <laughs> putting a stamp on something. Oh, I miss sending mail. I make my son, who's t- almost 12, I make him send mail. Like we, I don't force <laughs> him, but we like mail. We send postcards. We, mm-hmm. you know, we keep nice. that snail mail going. That's so good. <laughs> Because it is like a like a it creates like sending mail creates anxiety for me. Even after like just go to the post office. Yeah. Like I'm just like mm-hmm. I, I put it off and I put it off because it just feels stupid to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, going to the post office is not fun for anybody. It never has been. Right. But when the mailman right. comes and something has your name on it, you're yeah, like, woohoo! That yeah. Is, that is a fun thing. Yep. The reward outweighs the uh, cost mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what are you seeing right now? As like I guess coming into this kind of pseudo post. We're not post COVID, but it. We're kind of. We thought we were. We kind of thought we were, yeah, for a little <laughs> bit, sure and did. it seems like it's coming back. <laughs> or, and, and so, uh, kind of, I guess uh, round two, maybe. Um, are, are, are you gonna like like dealing with, or, or I guess just um, 
yeah, dealing with your uh, employees, are, are you going to do anything different? Like, 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 I, I guess really the question is, what were you seeing that, like the, the last round, and then how are you going to be more pro, or how, how can you be proactive c- coming into the round two? So obviously, <clears throat> you know, we shut down, we did all the things. Um, everybody, you know, was cool with wearing masks and getting vaccinated and all of that. And then when the CDC said non-vax or vaccinated people don't need to wear masks anymore. I mean, I kind of, I kind of hesitated and looked around because I thought my staff would be like, no, we're keeping them on. And we all kind of like pulled them off mm-hmm. at the same <laughs> yeah. time. And it was like, we snapped our fingers and it was over. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that felt amazing. Yeah. Um, but now with the new Delta variant going around, um, I mean, I have some employees that are really worried about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we kind of had a talk about it. And the CDC is now saying, you know that they're, you know, suggesting masks. And our whole thing was always, we're going by what the CDC says. Um, However, you can't, we can't close down again. I don't Mm. know that there's going to be government money. So the reality of it is COVID almost broke all of us, right? I mean, and and we can't afford to let it do that again. So I also can't afford, I, I don't want the stress and the negativity and the vibe, that kind of vibe that is created by, policing our customers right and so now we're just you know we have a sign on the door that says please consider wearing a mask mm-hmm. and our employees are wearing a mask um i myself don't love it i have another employee that you know it doesn't love it it kind of feels like it's 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 like a mind trick to our mental health almost mm-hmm. putting that yeah. thing on like it's like mm-hmm. no not again mm-hmm. right um you right. know but we're we're respecting we've had an open dialogue about it with the staff and so it's kind of a majority rules thing right yeah. like Mm-hmm. And who are you really working with that day and how strict do they want to be? Um, mm-hmm. But I am not, we are not right now wanting to police our, our customers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. way too exhausting. Yeah. Right. I, I totally agree with you because I think we're, like, we're going to be optional, encouraged, but optional. Mm-hmm. And like, like I was talking to just my wife and even my staff, I was like, I don't know if I have the emotional like capacity to come back in and be a hard ass. And, and, and we're not hard asses. You know what I mean? But, but, but you like, feel but like you are. You feel like it Just is. Just when sucks. someone comes in and is being disrespectful and you have no choice but to be, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. just like, really? It's like, this isn't me, but no. now I'm in this role. I'm like, I already have kids, dude. I don't need to tell yeah. you what to do, too. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and what a demonstration, too, of this war. We're not going to make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the hard, another hard thing about relationships is it's finding that discomfort and being almost okay with that discomfort we can't make everyone happy especially in this world it was already hard enough you know (laughs) and then covid comes along and it's like oh shit Mm -hmm. you know now we're even more you know polarized in so many ways so and and you got staff and you got customers i mean that's just two you know big populations of like how do i negotiate Mm -hmm. that you know make everyone happy exactly and i think it really helps too to just acknowledge as as leaders like this is something we're doing it at woven as well like we don't have control over this virus. We have no power over it. It will probably continue to mutate. One article I was reading suggested that we wouldn't really have a firm handle on this for the next two or three years. And so, yeah, we we are powerless to stop COVID. Um, and, and that sucks. That's frustrating. But at the same time, there are some things we do have power over. And one of those things is whether or not we wear a mask, um, whether or not we follow what the CDC and like kind of the leading research suggests Mm -hmm. and how we treat the people around us. I think those are the things we have power over. Yeah. And so like encouraging the people 
that I lead or that I speak to, like let's lean into the things where we can live out our values and, and have power over those and acknowledge that there are some things we'll never be able to control and kind of do both of those at the same time. Yeah, yeah. it's Get, a balancing uh, act. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Getting out of the external control loop, right? right. Every, the mm-hmm. things that we try to control end up controlling us the most. Right, we get anxious. exactly. And so like, you mm-hmm. know, practicing that, I love that acceptance piece, Anna, that you were talking about of getting to that place of acceptance and out of the external control. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, even though we're talking about you know, putting on the mask, how difficult it is, but still empathizing with the folks that, that still do, you know, finding that empathy piece. I don't have to agree with you, mm-hmm. but I can at least empathize with you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think what you just said reminds me of something I sent out to my staff the other day because I had a couple customers walk in, kind of rolled their eyes like, oh, great, the masks are back. Um, and, and I watched one of these people, um, I, I you know, had this conversation with one of these people and they left and I looked at my barista. My barista was just rolling their eyes and was frustrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I sent a, a basically just like a, a message to my staff and I said, listen, we're in a split world right now. Right. I mean, the only people we can have control over are ourselves and exactly. you cannot control anybody else. So don't let them control your happiness, man. Like you have to control your happiness. If someone mm-hmm. wants to be ignorant, don't let it get you down. It's not right. worth it. Like other mm-hmm. people's ignorance is not worth our happiness. Mm-hmm. So let it go. It's hard. I mean, I'm 43. I'm still learning that. Right, mm-hmm. right. These kids are a lot younger than I am. So mm-hmm. I'm like, listen to me, please. Don't <laughs> well, suffer. Yeah, and, and, and I love throwing the stat at people. I'll say, you know, research shows you can't fix 70% of the problems in a relationship. Like you got seven out of 10 problems that you have with someone have no solution. Right. So, right. You can Isn't keep fighting. Wild? Yeah, it is. You can keep fighting and arguing. Where it's like, okay, what do I what do I accept that we can't control and can't fix? And then how do we work on that stuff that we can? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and COVID offers a great opportunity for that, oh, I yeah. think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Kind of earlier in your career, um, you said you experienced lots of like really toxic, or a handful of like really toxic relationships. What was that process like? Like, a, and obviously that's, we're, we're digging pretty deep, you know what I mean? But does, um, like, what, what was that? And, and when you were young, you know what I mean? Like, how, how did you respond to that? And then now being a little bit older, how would you respond to that differently? Um, I basically sucked it up and took it. Um, I was kind of like, the hell if you're going to make me cry kind of attitude. Mm, so I would just yeah. suck it up and like, mm-hmm. just keep mm-hmm. moving and keep going. Um, mm-hmm. I pinned up a lot of things and I, and I dealt with those and probably ways that weren't great for me mentally mm-hmm. or physically. Um, so if I could go back, I would stand up for myself and address that person mm-hmm. um, and maybe bring it up to like the person higher than them mm-hmm. um, instead of just feeling like this is just how it is. You just got to take it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there was a lot of taking it and I right. wish I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. When it would mani- manifest itself in like a negative way, how would like like were you like drinking too much? Was like drug use? Like, I, yeah, I mean definitely yeah. drinking. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's funny because I've always I'm such an outdoor person. I mean a lot a lot of times you'll see that I sneak away and go hiking, and that's pretty much my my biggest like thing that I can just escape, mm-hmm. and I feel like a reset. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean I've definitely handled it negatively and positively, but sure. um, yeah, I just mm-hmm. yeah there was a lot of I mean. A glass of wine could fix a lot of things. A lot of things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make you sleep good, too. Yeah. Right? Uh, allegedly. Right. <laughs> Especially yeah. in the short term, man. It sure feels like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. No, it's true. 
how did you come to the process where you realize like hey like like you, you mentioned the outdoors thing and like like that's something that you can like escape and you, you don't have to deal with it like like how long did it take you to realize it's like okay I need like a positive outlet here that's not you know drinking or wh- however that was manifesting yeah. itself um I think just because I don't like to sit still mm-hmm. um having a day off and just like the day you know couple days before I would have that day off just knowing you're going to get your ass up mm-hmm. and you're going to go hiking and you need this and I always tell people like going to the Wichita mountains that's like my church yeah mm-hmm. I mean I don't go to church mm-hmm. but the, mm-hmm. but I, I imagine when people people that really do go to church because they they feel good about them, what they take away from that mm-hmm. that's what I feel about the Wichita's and so it I just mm-hmm. had to remind I had to remind myself remember how you felt last time you went hiking mm-hmm. do that again mm-hmm. yeah right and in the summertime, I can't go hiking because I'm scared of snakes and it's too hot. Right. So <laughs> right. I try to drive to like sulfur or somewhere close that I can swim. Yeah. Right. In the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still mm. want to be in the outdoor. I'm a huge mm-hmm. outdoors person. Mm-hmm. It sounds really spiritual for you. It is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like there's still like a religious element to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. even though you don't go to church, that there's still, that it's still like a healthy, you know what I mean? Like, like thing to like yeah. kind of pursue that. No. Yep. Hmm. And I'm always like, can, can anybody go with me? Is there anyone that can go? I know <laughs> right. it's a Wednesday, but can, can you right. go? <laughs> right. Uh, well, it, it, it's really so, taking care of yourself, that self-care. We, we always talk about it, and it's always really hard to like get at, but it sounds like spiritual self-care is really your jam. Like that really yeah. recharges mm-hmm. you. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. And you talk about having someone come with you, very extroverted. I'm super extroverted. Um. <laughs> And, and so, you know, there, there's a lot and we going on right now, like about introvert and extrovert, and like that book, Quiet, about introverts. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, you being so extroverted, what's it like for you? And I mean, I'm sure you've had introverts that have worked for mm-hmm. you. Well, like, oh, what's I look up like, like an introvert. <laughs> okay. How's that work for you? What's that like? Um, I mean, it's fine. I think, I think that we are a good balance. Mm-hmm. Um the yin to your yang. Yeah, and lucky for him, I have a son that lives out of state, and so I'm constantly traveling, mm-hmm. and I'm constantly taking time to like go hike and stuff. He's not, we're not into the same things, and so he gets a lot of breaks from me, which I think helps him out because mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. doesn't have to, you know, have me. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do the things that I like to do that an extrovert, you know, the extrovert of me, you know, gets to do, and so right. Um, and then as far as employees, it always, it's always, um, shocked me a little bit how many introverts want to be in the service industry because (laughs) that's not an introvert kind of job. It's true. And it's funny when someone's like, well, I'm just really shy. And I, and I just kind of giggle a little bit and I always want to be like, why do you want to work here? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're going to have to yell names and like talk to people and, um, so it's kind Mm -hmm. of, it's interesting that we do get introverts and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm always baffled by it, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I just kind of, I don't know. I just kind of embrace it and. I'm loud and silly and mm-hmm. dance around them. And I've actually watched a couple of people like grow into like mm. hiding behind the espresso machine to like being <laughs> like, hello, here I am. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, I've seen that cool. too. Yeah. At your shop. Yeah. yeah. It is cool. And see, so, yeah, I come from the introvert side and people are like, you're an introvert, but you're a counselor. You talk to people all day. So yeah, still, that's why I got to like shut the door at my office and just like get me time and alone mm-hmm. time or, or, or so. So yeah, I've always been 
been fascinated with extroverts because I'm like, man, how do you do that? How do you, how do you yell in front of an entire <laughs> yeah. uh, restaurant of folks or, 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 or you know, be, be at a front? So, yeah, I just I was wondering about that, if it's what that balance is. It sounds like it is a pretty good balance pretty in the service balance. industry. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd be lying if I, if I said that getting up on stage and talking in front of people didn't scare the shit out of me because that's mm. the one thing Ugh. that I, I don't like. Yeah. But the I rest of it, yeah. It's different being the center of attention versus yes. being an extrovert. Those are very two two very different mm-hmm. things, I think. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. What are you seeing with some of like the younger employees, like like as far as in regards to like mental health? Like are they you know what I mean? Like are they functioning okay right now? Like a lot of them calling in, are they like needing more weird breaks? Um it- it's not it's not super often that that happens, but okay. th- but yeah, I've seen it. And it's it's funny because even I had to get out of my own head on this. Like, I was never told that it was okay to say, "Hey, I need a, I need a me day or I need a moment or I'm not doing okay." Mm-hmm. And so when I started seeing this kind of trend um, mm-hmm. with the younger and we call you know the millennials, of course, we right. always we all made fun of. Right. Um, and I'm sorry about that. It's okay. Um, we needed it. Yeah, I liked it. We I'm to like, toughen up a little I'm like, bit. I'm sorry, but I didn't get gold stars. And no one told me good job every time I did tied my shoe, you know. Um, but, but I did kind of, but I was kind of like, suck it up. Get, mm-hmm. Just keep moving. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, no, that's actually not okay. And, right. and that's what I was told. And that's actually not okay. Like, and I want people in this business and anywhere where to know, like, if, if you're not okay, it's okay to tell somebody that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that person's going to respect you enough to go, thank you. I got right. it. Right. Because there's even a time, like a couple months ago, I, I just like sent a message to my staff. And I'm like, I'm actually not okay today. Mm-hmm. And I'm really sorry. And mm-hmm. I've never, I've never done that. I'm not one to call in. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. if I am like sick or hungover, I just suck it up and go. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's been a that's been a lesson for me. Oh, for sure. Because not only is it how I'm living my life now, but it's also how I'm allowing other people who work for me to like live theirs too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have known that in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. my thirties. <laughs> right. <laughs> and my teens. I mean, you right. know, all my life. Yeah. Up until now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and talk about you said um, out of my own head. Like talk about one of the hardest things to do, whether it's relationships or mental health or any, just getting stuck in our own head mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. overthinking and overanalyzing. And yeah, I just, I thought that was genius what you said. Yeah. One of Thank the biggest you. barriers we have in mental health and relationships is just getting stuck mm-hmm. inside our heads. You what is stuck inside your head. Yeah. yeah. What is awful. that called from like the, the therapy, like, like, you know, from like a therapy mm-hmm. side where mm-hmm. like, cause it does seem like there's a theme of like, when you confess something or just say it out mm-hmm. loud, it's just like, man, like that, like mm-hmm. that felt better, you mm-hmm. know? Um, is that an actual concept or like, oh, yeah. like, like, what is that? Uh, I think it kind of depends on the orientation from which you come. Like the mm-hmm. history of my kind of psychodynamic analytic orientation is neurotic. Uh, those people will be considered part of kind of the neurotic, um, vein of personality where, you overanalyze, you overthink, you, you're sort of chronically anxious. Um, that That's kind of one way that people look at it. Another way, I think the emerging literature is about kind of anxiety 
and an inability to kind of tap into mindfulness or presence. Yeah, I, I love the idea of experiential avoidance. It's like we're avoiding, mm-hmm. whether intentionally or unintentionally, we're, we're, we're doing things to avoid the current experience, whether that's overthinking. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I love that idea of anxiety stuck in the future, everything else mm-hmm. not going on right now, mm-hmm. depression is stuck in the past. We're experientially avoiding. And, and really, I love the idea that overthinking, worrying, ruminating, planning, perfectionism, all of those are a coping mechanism, that we're trying to cope with the discomfort of the present moment, whether that's I'm in an interaction with somebody and I'm overthinking, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? How am I going to control this? Oh, they looked at me funny, so I don't know what that means. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. or um, I, I, I've got a rough day at work tomorrow and someone called in, so I've got to do this, that. It, just over planning. Mm-hmm. We're, we're avoiding the discomfort of accepting that present moment. And so we're overthinking right. the hell out of it. And so once we say it out loud, uh, Jake, like you were talking about, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways. I love the term catharsis, even though that really means um, emotional vomiting if you will but i think it can be just just getting it out because i can't tell you how many clients have said you know it's so hard sometimes to say out loud because it makes it real and that's where i love the experiential Mm -hmm. avoidance because when Mm -hmm. you say it out loud it's like you're like oh shit this is real but then that relief like ah you know i got Mm -hmm. that pressure out i tapped Mm -hmm. the keg as a buddy told me once he's like sometimes dave you got to tap the keg It's like, okay. I mean, I don't know if that's always the right. best metaphor sometimes, <laughs> right. but it's so true, man. You got to tap that pressure. And I think that's mm-hmm. what, that's what I call it in session is just mm-hmm. tapping into the pressure. Mm-hmm. And how did your staff respond? You know, like when, when, when you did take like a, in my opinion, like a, like a moment of humility and be like, Hey, I'm not, this is not going to go well for me today. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you sent that, like, were they pretty positive? Like yeah. in their response? Yeah, or they, they were, were like, just oh, like, okay, cool. oh my gosh, so sorry, boss. And let us know if you need anything. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. And that kind of goes back to that creating that culture of just like a, like an open humility. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, because I also use, I mean, I've always had issues with like, um, wondering and caring about what people think about me Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. and not having great mm-hmm. self-esteem and like, you know, so you just, you always have to act like you're like so strong and blah and mm-hmm. like no yeah. i don't have to always be strong right i don't mm-hmm. need to be and i don't invincible. really care what people think about me anymore mm-hmm. i really don't right i wasted so much time and energy mm-hmm. on that mm-hmm. and anna you talked about values there's that you know so mm-hmm. many times we struggle with valuing what other people think about us more mm-hmm. so than what we think about ourselves mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it gets out of whack and then mm-hmm. we're disingenuous incongruent and then the anxiety and the pressure of trying to be something we're not and put up this front and I love the idea too. One of the hardest things to do with relationships is get out of our own way. Right. And when mm-hmm. you value what other people think more, it's like, well, no, that's there's that constant mm-hmm. barrier. Then, like, it sounds like you really value. I'm not telling you. It just sounds like you're saying, no, I value what I think about me just as much, if not more, than what other people think. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting there, and mm-hmm. and it's not that I don't care what other people think about me, but mm-hmm. I'm not worried about it anymore mm-hmm. because I know that I'm being as true as I can, mm-hmm. and if that's not good enough for someone else, I can't. I can't apologize for that. Right. It's yeah. like, hey, I'm just, I'm doing my best. It's about balance. We, we don't want to just not care what other people, I mean, we need to right. stay in check a little bit. You right. Know? I but guess that I, didn't, I didn't really mean I don't care, care. Oh, yeah, it no, meant no. just, mm-hmm. you know, I can't, I can't care if there's a negative thought about me. If I'm, right. if I'm not intentionally trying to be a negative person or hurting right. somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that like basis of self-esteem is where you get what, what I think you have, has been this thread through this whole conversation and what really is I think the antidote to getting out of your head is that empathy like that ability to kind of see what 
the customers are really feeling, even if it's difficult. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're split here. That's not because these are bad people. It's because they're responding to COVID or to, you know, whatever is going on in their own life in a way that maybe I have before too, but I don't, I don't think it's the best. Right. And so I can empathize with them rather than blame them or villainize them, demonize them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And same with your same with your employees. You know, you kind of empathize with, hey, I know what it's like to be in that space where this is your first service industry job or your second and and you're still just trying to figure this out, you know? Yeah. We're going so mm-hmm. Carl Rogers here though. I love it. That, I do too. That, you know, Carl Rogers in, in our business talked about the keys to mm-hmm. um, the therapeutic relationship, but really any relationship. He said empathy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, congruence, which is just being real, being mm-hmm. genuine, and then unconditional positive regard, just not judging people, you know. Again, you can accept, you don't have to be okay with something to accept it. Right, you know? exactly. I don't, Yeah, and so I, I, we've been talking about those in one way, shape, mm-hmm. or form of, I don't have to agree, but I can empathize, I can not judge it, and I can just be real with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. No, awesome. Yeah, I think that's, and, and I think that is, when I think about healthy relationships, I think Carl Rogers kind of has the foundation yeah. for that. Um, and I think, yeah, a lot of times I think empathy gets the reputation of being soft, but I don't think of you as like soft on people. I think of you as a strong person mm-hmm. um, who happens to have genuine compassion and empathy for the people you come across. And Anna, you're so true too. Um, <gasps> empathy, yeah, it's got a lot of misnomers because, or you know, you said soft, or mm-hmm. that means I've got to feel everything this person feels. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, empathy, it still needs to be accurate. We can relate. We mm-hmm. don't have to get lost in it. Like mm-hmm. we can still keep maintain who we are. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I feel you. I don't have to feel for you. Like right. actually feel, take on everything you are. And it sounds like you've done a pretty good job. It's going back to boundaries again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's almost like people like the idea of empathy. It's like taking on other people's suffering mm-hmm. a, a little bit. Right. But, but like, but that that's you're saying that's not it though. That's right. too far, yeah. yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. I can I can feel with you. I don't have to feel everything for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's a struggle when in, in teaching new counselors. It's like, well, how am I gonna do this? I'm gonna be soaking up all this stuff. I was like, Well, that's too far. Yeah, you're losing mm-hmm. you're losing your your sense of self. You're losing mm-hmm. who you are. It's mm-hmm. like I'll feel with you, but I don't have to feel it all for you. I don't have to right. take your weight. That's so true. And I think that's why you need the sense of self-esteem that Elaine is talking yeah. about before true empathy comes into play. Yeah. Like when you have that solid foundation, you don't need to be so sucked into somebody else's world, their problems, their suffering. You can kind of acknowledge it, feel for it, and stay who you are. I was just mm-hmm. told that I used to be a, a fixer. <laughs> I never knew I was a fixer. <laughs> but I don't, want, I don't think I'm a fixer anymore. I think uh-uh. maybe I graduated from that. I think so. I think largely. Uh, mm-hmm. It sucks because I'm definitely a fixer. I mean, and, and, but, but, heart, right? Yeah, because it's like, like I see people like making you know, either like poor decisions or if they're like not doing well, and it's like, man, like I want to like, like I want to like, and almost to an unhealthy degree. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. That's where I was at too. Hmm. And it's like you, you can't change someone. The only the only thing that can change a person is themselves. Right. I mean, you can be a good support for them, mm-hmm. a good friend. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But. That's that control piece. That's that seventy yeah. percent. You can't, you can't control, and that's mm-hmm. that's one of the hardest things. It's we have a bad joke in the counseling industry, and I don't know if you've heard this. How many counselors does it take to change a light bulb? Oh my gosh! It takes one, but the light bulb's got to want to change. <laughs> Terrible joke, but it's so true <laughs> in relationships. <laughs> and, and it's so like you said, fixers. I'm I'm a fixer too, and it's there's that great video on YouTube. It's not about the nail, 
Mm -hmm. it's all about just sitting with someone and empathizing, not getting lost in it, but you don't have to fix, 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 because yeah. that mm -hmm. actually can make it worse. It's like, it's Absolutely. like throwing that tire on the fire for... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you all know what happened. I guess I, I spent some time in Shawnee, so I've been to <laughs> plenty, plenty of like country parties in the field fire somewhere. On the fire. You throw a tire on a fire, man, it's going to go up and it's going to get Make all some good black sense, smoke yeah. and, and it's toxic. And I've probably shaved years off my life. Anyway, <laughs> it smells bad. Tire yeah, on the it's, fire. It's awful. It's horrible for the environment too. Anyway, yeah, we, we won't get into any more high school stories here. <laughs> I'm going to lose clients on that one. <laughs> my, my grandfather used to burn tires and it was in kind of a rural town and any, and it was always just this like, like smog over the city. Yeah. So you always knew grandpa was burning there tires it whenever it oh was, my gosh. it was a little, a little embarrassing, you know, but also like kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's yeah. just kind of, I guess, dark, like, like a, yeah. a dark humor, I guess. Yeah. Woven integrated health does not condone burning <laughs> any tires. sort of carcinogen or toxin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We just didn't know it was bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you we probably had a sense. <laughs> it wasn't the best. <laughs> you were talking about something uh, also, too. You sound, um, in, maybe I'm wrong, but committed. Like you, you, your, your level of commitment to your employees and, and to the relationship. And that's another key piece that I think. I love asking couples I work with, what's your, what's your definition of commitment? You know, like I'll have a couple, not what Webster says, you know, Webster's right. Dictionary, if that's even still a thing. But it's like, you know, what is your definition of commitment when it comes to your employees and your business? And um, To be open and honest and fair hmm. and to provide a place where they feel safe and where they matter and where I want the best for them. I want to make sure they're financially secure. I want to make sure they're happy. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And... And like I said, like they feel like they can come talk to me if they have any issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I like that. That's really it. Like, just yeah. it's it's just it's it's really it's it's so much easier than having a guard up and not having these these safety nets. Mm -hmm. and, I totally agree. Because a lot of people are, you know, I don't know. When I was younger, working for people, I I almost felt like like it was a privilege to work for them. Mm. It's not. It's a mm -hmm. privilege for me to have employees work for me because without them, we're not going to be in business. Right. So that, I mean, that table needed to be flipped a long time ago. Yeah. Isn't it a privilege just to be in a relationship of some kind, though? It is. Also. Right. So I just what you were saying just was genius. You had me think about that. What if we just looked at as relationships as a privilege? Right. It that gratitude element. Like, I'm actually grateful for this with some mm -hmm. humility. I'm not entitled to your continuing to work for me or to your continuing to be in a partnership with me. None of that. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I always thought that was interesting. I didn't, you know, I stole that from John Gottman or in the Gottman work, but this idea of just like how many of us are walking around in these, these relationships and we just, we don't even really have a definition or an idea mm -hmm. of what the commitment or trust means. And those are the two load bearing walls of a relationship there. Jake, I don't want to call you about, I saw you sit back. I wonder if you were even thinking about that with you in your business. Oh yeah, to well, absolutely. Because there is, because I think when I first got in hair, there was this element of, like, oh, I want to go work at this place mm. because, and and, and 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 like it's like, yeah, like you felt like I, I always felt like I don't deserve to be here, mm. you know. But then as I've, kind of grown in my career and became an owner and things like that, I quickly realized that like 
that is not a healthy way to like just like just that that initial framework you know mm-hmm. is, is the, the, just creates all kinds of issues um to where these like weird power dynamics you know to where uh-huh. like, like the boss is like and, and i even remember questioning really mild things and being like mm-hmm. hey like like and, and 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 i was young and probably really too cocky or whatever but but also just immediately being like spoke down to and just like like crushed you know what wow. i mean and like like having experiencing bosses where they're like yeah come talk to me anytime you want and then you go talk to them and you're just like 10 minutes later you're like sobbing in, on your steering wheel you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you're just like you're like well that like that and, and it's a more about that person you know but right. I, I think just that initial like man i'm grateful you guys like you're grateful that people choose to work at elemental yeah mm-hmm. you know and 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 capital city is kind of the same way it's like man like i'm so grateful that people choose to like come and like let's suffer together you know what i mean right. but, but, but we're going to try to make some really fun stuff happen you know mm-hmm. and, and serve customers really well you know and so mm-hmm. i think when that when that focus shifts it it does change like it, it it does seem to like change just just like the fabric of it you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right that makes so much sense it's it's that getting out of your own way type yeah. of thing yep. which takes some work you know and, and i think some some epiphany some self-recognition about like oh wow at some point along the way i got really into this place of low self-esteem easily shamed by my own behavior and, and i lost sight of why i'm even doing this mm-hmm. you know and i think that's one thing i noticed with you elena you don't ever seem to really lose sight of why you're doing the work you do you know, whether you're washing dishes or you're doing payroll or you're training a new employee, you know, you kind of have that eye on like my my vision for Elemental is to be Oklahoma City's informal town hall, mm-hmm. you know, and for the people who work here to love that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm glad it, you see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That reminds me of a quote. I'm going to be the best by me so I can be the best by you. Mm-hmm. You know, often we think that relationships have to be all self-sacrificing and all martyrdom right. and it never really worked that well for the martyrs now, did it? So it's like, <laughs> no, I got to be the best by me before I can be the best by you. I got to have right. that ego strength. I've got to have that self-value. I've got to have that self-worth right. because how can I genuinely empathize with someone else if mm-hmm. I really can't, you know, give myself that, you know, how can I be real with other people if I'm not really real with myself? So yeah, mm-hmm. really working on ourselves. Mm-hmm. first and foremost and that's so i love the self-value piece me too as we talk about values it's like well now how much value do you have for yourself right exactly and i think that's what's so hard as we talk about healthy relationships it's almost counterintuitive like for a relationship with another person to be healthy it's got to start with my relationship with myself being the healthiest part um and, and continually working on that which involves for me it involves quite a bit of humility mm-hmm. i think i can i can really lie to myself really easily oh yeah about all kinds of things in every single direction, whether it's like lying to myself and making myself more ashamed, hiding the things that I do that really hurt other people, all of that I think is a constant, never ending process. And I think for me, the moment where it all became clear was like, oh, I'm never gonna be done with this. Like I'm never gonna attain some sort of, you know, Buddhist dream of perfection and total non-attachment to myself. I'll always be doing this for the rest of my life. And the work is not to like get to that point, but to invite people into a relationship with me, knowing that I'm gonna let them down, probably in a variety of ways. And are they willing to stick with me through that? Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. totally, totally respect and mm-hmm. feel that all that same stuff mm-hmm. in right. my own self. Yeah. So I love doing this exercise. And if I said this on a previous podcast, 
I apologize, but I'll just do it again anyway. Um, so I'd love doing this exercise with my clients of like, you know, say out loud some of the things that you say to yourself whenever you're really hurting. You know, what, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that we say to ourselves? And they're like, well, I, I suck. I'm terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm a failure. All those things that right. I've told myself and all of us tell ourselves. And I'll say, well, think about someone you really love and care about. Mm-hmm. You know, your child, your your spouse, your partner. You know, what if they came to you and they're really hurting? What would you say to them? Well, I'd listen to them. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd empathize mm-hmm. with them. I would tell them everything's going to be okay. And I'm like, okay, well, no, do this instead. Talk to that person you really love next time they're hurting the same way you talk to yourself. Just just say the exact same <laughs> shit in your head that you say to them. Yeah. And it, it never fails every time. I'm like, no, I wouldn't do that. You know, I better run really fast. I'm going to get slapped upside the head. I'm like, there it is. It's right. like we we treat other people in reality a lot or we care more how we treat other people mm-hmm. than we do ourselves mm-hmm. you know and so mm-hmm. it's like we would never dare talk to other people we care about the same way we talk and so it's just practicing like how mm-hmm. would you what if you were your own best friend how would you respond how would you react and we I, all hate getting lied to right we sure do we are masters of lying to ourselves oh we drink goodness. that kool-aid and jim jones it man i mean and so it's yes like, what yes. is that because cause like i like right. i was like literally laying in so like I have this weird time anxiety thing. Mm-hmm. So this morning I woke up at 5 a.m. to like cool. get all my stuff ready. But but like <laughs> I, 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 I quickly talked to myself down. I was like, okay, no, 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 no. Like, so I, I made a quick list and I went back to sleep for like an hour. And, <laughs> I love it. But I was lying to myself that like mm-hmm. I need to get up really early to make sure I'm ready, to make sure I'm prepared. Right. But like, so, so why do we lie to ourselves about this stuff? Like, mm-hmm. like where does this come from? What is mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Well... David, I don't know what you think about this, but for me, I think I think we lie to ourselves for a bazillion reasons. I think part of it is we we weren't born telling ourselves the lies that we now tell ourselves. We learned those, we picked those up often from our families somewhere along the way, often from really formative friends, you know, mentors along the way. We learned like whether directly from them or in reaction to them, we learned like this is this is the truth I need to tell myself about the world in order to be okay. And I think a lot of it depends on that last phrase, in order to be okay. We lie to ourselves in order to maintain some house of glass, you know, that we have erected in, in a variety of ways, you know, that helps us feel okay, like we're gonna make it through our day. When in reality, like if we can just let go of that kind of defense mechanism against all the things that scare us, like letting people down, like people thinking poorly of us, like losing our jobs, losing our relationships. If we can just let go of the fear of that, then I think we can start to let some of those lies go and, and tell ourselves the truth. You know, like so in your situation, it's like to let yourself realize like, oh, Anna, David and Elena probably wouldn't care if I was five minutes late. But the lie I'm telling myself is I better be like the most yeah. prepared. And I'm up at four thirty. Yeah. Like yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> right. like, like like making coffee right. and getting ready right. when it's like that's ridiculous. Right. So I'm, and, I'm the same way. Uh huh. Same way. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're I, our own worst enemies, right? Isn't that yeah. like oh, yeah. what we all oh, say? Yeah. We I'm, all know that. Yeah, I love the idea of the internal parent. We try right. to parent ourselves, mm-hmm. and then it gets to be really uncomfortable not to listen to that voice. Uh-huh. And so the way we cope is, well, I just better do it. I should. Right. I love it. You know, I should do this. I should get up at five a.m. Mm-hmm. Well, when we're kids, who's telling us we should do stuff? Mm-hmm. Authority figures, parents, right. teachers, uh-huh. and all. And so we just get. I love what you said, Anna. We're not born with this stuff. We learn it. Right. Yeah. And then we learn it's the best way to success and it's uncomfortable to try anything different. Mm-hmm. And so we just, yeah. We keep lying. We keep lying and we keep doing it. So, yeah. yeah. 
no, I love that idea. And then the perfectionism starts and then that gets really, uh-huh. really so. I know. I like what you're saying there too, because I think we, we get reinforced for some of those lies, right? Absolutely. Like, yes. wow, Jake, you're so prepared. I love that you were up at five getting ready for this. You're a go-getter, man. Wow. Yeah. Way yeah. to do it. It's all that stupid hustle culture. Ugh. Oh, you know, that and, stuff. And, and, and I think a lot of that, just being in a, mm-hmm. just owning a business or mm-hmm. just being in a small business, you know, I, I think that creates like a, like it seems like well it's kind of working for them so you want to kind of listen to it but right then when you really see them function it's like they're not healthy people right it turns Ga- into a race to the bottom gary v is not a healthy guy you know what <laughs> i mean like like he, he says he works like 150 hours or something just ridiculous and it's like that's not that's uh-uh. not real no the motivational speakers man i, I hate that stuff grinding yeah. i call it the grind culture you gotta be i don't sleep i grind you know and, and i'm listening listening to some of this stuff on youtube and people come into my office and talk about it i'm like that is unhealthy shit that's yeah. that's gonna right. kill you right and so this idea, i don't need to sleep i need to grind no um because research is showing actually relationships are what make you happy not stuff and, and jobs and working your ass off mm-hmm. and so yeah but i think again culturally it just gets so drilled in our heads mm-hmm. the must shoulds oughts can'ts have tos nevers all of those things we tell ourselves and we mm-hmm. internally parent we just think, well, that's the way I'm, if I don't kick my own ass, who's going to? Right. I mean, I thought because I was working 80 hours a week when my daughter was young and that I was always working and always grinding and going and going that I was, that I was teaching her mm-hmm. how to be successful right. when she gets older, that you got to work for it. You can't complain. And some of that's true, but never should you ever have to work 80 hours a week mm-hmm. to prove yourself mm-hmm. or to be where you want to be and to miss out on your, on your life, your kid's life. Like that is mm-hmm. not okay. And I would never ever expect that out of any anybody employees friends any of that to mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. live that way right i mean it, it's terrible and in fact i bet if you saw one of your close friends like leaning into that you'd probably be like hey wh- how are you doing you know what i mean like <laughs> how's it, it going yeah <laughs> right. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and i think the other barrier too is we always want to be right you know, mm-hmm. our brain talking to us. We always want, we love being right. Mark Manson, great book, Subtle Art, Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Mm-hmm. It talks about mm-hmm. we always want to be right. Mm-hmm. And when it's inside our head and we can't step step back and take a look at it and argue with it and it's d- uncomfortable and it's like, well, it's really uncomfortable if I admit that I'm wrong, so I just better go with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When someone says, man, you're right, I'm like, could you say that again? Yeah, there <laughs> it is. <laughs> Can you wear that on a t-shirt? Yeah. Right. Did you just say those words? <laughs> Oh. Love that. So um, cool. Cool. A- Anna, do you have any other kind of questions? I'm trying to think if like, I do. But we can always edit and splice and all that, so it's it's not a, a big deal. Hmm. I guess my question would be, Elena, if you were faced with and this probably actually happens to you all the time, but if you were faced with someone who's in the service industry, young, kind of and, and you're noticing, wow there's something toxic going on with their, you know, their coworkers, with their boss. What are some examples of advice you might give to them? Um, I guess I would maybe start with having them ask themselves what's really wrong, what's really the problem. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Can we talk about it? You know, trying right. to figure out how to get it out. Yeah. Um, maybe taking a break. Mm. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, those yeah. are good. I like what you say. Get get to the bottom of it because I think that's so true. I see that in my clients that are in the service industry. You know, they 
enact all of this stuff in their relationships. And, and But what's really going on is, like I said at the beginning, they entered the service industry with this foundation that was all cracked from family, from mm-hmm. culture, from wherever, from past jobs. And now they're just bringing that forward. Yeah. And so getting to the bottom of it, I think, is so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really, I, I think a great way, too, is, is being a safe place. You know, being, mm-hmm. you know, people wouldn't come in our offices in and open up to us if we weren't a safe, secure place. Exactly. If we were just, you know, someone that's going to listen, not judge, not tell them, hey, pull up your bootstraps, you know, put on your big boy, big girl, mm-hmm. big them pants, and just do it. Just get it done. And it's like, no, safe, let them vent. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying we got to be an emotional pinata, but you know, just be someone there that's going to listen to them empathetically, mm-hmm. non-judgmentally, mm-hmm. be congruent with them. And so, I think creating safety is so important if we want people to right. open up to us. It really is, and it's it's been like a really hard lesson for me because I have always mm-hmm. thought that I'm just this open book and like this mm-hmm. open door and this very, uh, you know, um, oh, we we're just very empathetic person. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, but I don't really come across, I haven't really always come across that way to people. Hmm. It's more like, this is how I think I'm coming across versus mm-hmm. how am I really coming across? And I had to have that kind of pointed out to me a couple of times. I've had an employee that got really upset because they thought that I I don't, you know, tell them often enough that they're doing a good job. Um, and I'm like, really? Because I feel like I act like I, that's how, I, you don't know that I know that I, I think this, you know, like mm-hmm. I have to say it, I guess. Like, um, and I'd heard hmm. that a couple times and I kept thinking, that's just, I mean, it was kind of like I had to get out of my own head and go, you're actually not right. Um, this isn't how you're coming across. Right. And I had to like, I sent out an email to my staff and I just said, first of all, I want all of you to know that I greatly respect all of you. And I think that you're all amazing and you all do a great mm-hmm. job. I don't say that enough because that's not how I was raised. And, mm-hmm. and I gave them the backstory. Sorry, mm-hmm. mom of my mom, <laughs> how she never did that for me. I mean, right. I had no self-confidence. She mm-hmm. she never hugged, kissed me, told me I was pretty, told me I was doing a good job. None of that. Everything mm-hmm. she ever did to me was like, call out the negative, the bad things. Mm-hmm. And so, and I said, and, and I mean, th- I was being pretty vulnerable. Like, mm-hmm. here's, here's my shit, y'all. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Don't feel sorry. It's not that I want them to feel sorry for me. I right. want them to understand where I came from. Right. And that hopefully that they see that I'm growing out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really thought that people always just thought, you know, I'm positive and that, that I, I see what they're doing and I appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because I am always right in the game playing along with everybody. Right. But no, you really have to physically and verbally say and show these people. Mm-hmm how much you appreciate them and how good of a job they're doing because everybody needs that. And when I used to laugh at the whole gold gold star thing, I'm like, oh, do you need a gold star? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, man, I'm such an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, of course they need a gold star. (laughs) I'm I'm owed so many gold stars. Right, right. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. I, I see what you're saying. You know, I think that I see you as so right in there with them, empathic, but... Yeah, but w- when you miss that piece of just actually verbalizing mm-hmm. it, especially if they're bringing their own stuff of not having had enough of that or not being really sure of themselves, then right. yeah, you totally miss each other. Well, and, and I also had to say, you know, not to like 
sound like, oh, poor me, but no one tells me I'm doing a good job. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like I've got people higher than me going, man, great job. Yeah. Right. So, Quite the opposite. Yeah, fact. it's kind of like, yeah. it's like, damn, mm-hmm. it's, this is hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I'm, but I feel like I've grown a lot and I, and I see that and, I'm, right. and I'm better. I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. Well, getting back to the grinding piece too, I mean, that can get in the way, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. you, we, we get all business. And again, mm-hmm. that's what our culture really pushes is business, business, work, 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 grind, 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 grind. Uh, th- that old saying, what, it, you know, if you don't hear anything, that's probably good news. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. and that, that just, that doesn't Ugh. really stand the test of time. That's <laughs> no, not really a healthy way. It's like my compliments are my absence of me ripping you a new one or something. Right. So right. <laughs> yeah, it's getting out of that habit of, right. well, well, no, you know, that balanced, uh, feedback mm-hmm. piece mm-hmm. and not um, just constructive but actual praise yeah yeah, yeah. also and, encourages yeah and not all grinding because i i've been in the same spot too where business 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 and i just mm-hmm. got to pump the brakes and be like no you know you're right. doing well we're doing well right totally cool yeah do you all have other questions other thoughts i think i'm yeah 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 i think that was good and healthy and you rocked this, yeah. Yeah. Elena. Hey, you Fantastic, did. Fantastic, Elena. So that was awesome. Fantastic. That was awesome. Cool. All right. Thank you so much, Elena, for your time. Thanks. Cool. Cool. Thanks, Perfect.